Welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. Now, sit back and enjoy while Nick and Trevor help you use your technology to make money and delight your clients. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello once again and welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. I'm here with Trevor. How are you, Trev? I'm fantastic. It's an absolutely gorgeous day and we're one day from out of lockdown. Here we go. Oh, that, one, that is, I've got two days to go. That is awesome. You must be looking forward to it. Well, the last two days have been, I've probably got around the most because I've had to get work permits to go and get out and get about, which has been interesting. So that's been, uh, yeah, cool. driven I, I around the notice... most in two in the last six months, the, the most I've yeah. done. I did notice I can fly from Sydney now to regional Victoria. Oh, well, you yeah, can't go to regional no, Victoria. I can't. I can't go and see my family and. <laughs> yeah, but I can't go to regional New South Wales. But I'm sure very soon you'll be able to. So <laughs> it's, it's all very exciting as they they slowly ease these things and things match and don't match. But it's 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 cool. It's 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 exciting and we're, we're interesting in New South Wales. We've been out of lockdown for a week now, and we're really not yet seeing the cases. Or hospitalizations go up in any meaningful way yeah um which is which is kind of it's the same as almost every country in the world you have these peaks and then they calm down and it doesn't it seems a little relevant to how they're locked down and how they don't and how much vaccinated you are and how much you aren't but yeah. then you get other peaks as well even when every i don't know something. i happens, just i'm yeah. just not an epidemiologist anymore so i have to find some <laughs> other thing to be an expert on i suppose <laughs> I think a lot of epidemiologists are going to wonder what they're going to do next year. They're just winding it as fast as they can. I look, I look at some people on TV and they go, I wonder what you're going to be doing next year. It's like the whole Y2K thing. Um, for those of you who are old enough, um, back in year 2000, for the five years before that, there was this massive splurge on IT to make systems ready for the year 2000 because a lot of them weren't going to be. Um, but there was a huge amount of commentators and people and stuff going on. And then you hit midnight and on the, 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 um, the December the 31st, 1999, and all of their jobs were over. Yes. And nothing happened. Well... Nothing that we knew that I knew about. I'm sure lots, you must lots know happened, something. but we won't, we, we're not going to have that. We were well prepared. We were well yes. prepared. So, talking about crises, um, yeah. we're going to talk about email migration today and preparation and uh, what to expect and what not to expect. And I think sure. what we'll go through is you know, let's go through you know, as many of the different types of migrations, email migrations you'd have, why you would do a migration, why, why do you want to migrate, you know, from nothing maybe to or from an exchange server if you've still got it and we're starting to see it so so you know like we we probably spent the last 10 years taking quite a few accounting firms a lot of them who are listening today off uh exchange server and those sort of things and and to the cloud and we had a lot of issues we had a lot of fun along the way and and it was difficult to be prepared for what could happen because as soon as you start you're on your way as soon as you cut your email over you're on your way aren't yeah, you it's a, yeah, it's a and, you, and if you find anything along the way that's uh, it's hard so it's, i thought it'd be good for everybody to know what could happen <laughs> well i think it's I think it's first it's it's kind of keen to get a, a really high level understanding of what email actually is and, and okay. how it actually works just so you understand it so email was in email as we know it now um uses something effectively which is a derivation of something called SMTP or simple mail 
transfer protocol, transport protocol, depending on whether you're a Microsoft or not, um, which is documented in a document which goes back to the early 80s. So it's the the tech. I'm probably earlier than that. I haven't even looked up the 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 document, and I'll do that as I talk. Um, but email's been around for a while, and what it's involved in um, is um, so oh so RFC twenty eight twenty one is the latest version of SMTP, which was released in April two thousand one. But its first one, let's go and have a look just for details, was RFC eight twenty one. These are documents which dictate the um, um, the how the internet works, and they're written by a bunch of people, and it dictates everything from TCP/IP to HTTP, etc. Anyway, you'll be interested to know the original Simple Mail Transfer Protocol document, the request for comment document, was written in August 1982 by a gentleman called Jonathan B. Postal, which no. is always <laughs> hilarious. Um, <laughs> he'd been to the dentist at, tooth, at Mr. 2.30 that afternoon or something. So anyway, John Postal wrote the SMTP protocol, and that's how we get messages effectively from uh, a client to a server where normally in the early days it was stored on that server temporarily and when you went and grabbed that email it came to you and it was removed from the server and never existed anymore except in your own your own application that was looking at the yeah. email. That's, that's yeah. how it worked. There's lots of complexity to it, so I'm not going to go into all the depth. But really, you bundle up this message and this message has some text, um, it can have some attachments, and you throw it across the internet to an address which represents the bit after the at in your email address. Yeah. Um, yeah. A server there catches it and traditionally would hold on to it and you'd run a mail client and you grab that email and it would be removed from the server and never seen again. It would live on your client, which hmm. is very simple SMTP yeah. email in Unix systems back in the 80s. Then things moved forward and, and there were two really, there was a, a bunch of apps came out. There was Lotus CC Mail, there was MS Mail, um, which were applications where instead of it being removed from the server forever, your mail would sit on the server. Um, and so having, um, and this was useful if you were moving from machine to machine, you didn't have to, you know, move your mailbox, so to speak, all those copies of emails you kept with you from machine to machine, and it lived yep. on a server. Um, mm -hmm. And then Microsoft Exchange and Lotus Notes <clears throat> were released, and they did more exciting things. Um, and then come about 2010, these things all kind of moved to the cloud. Yep. And so... Email management's hard, it uses lots of disk, it's very complicated. Managing large amounts of mailboxes is a huge task, um, and the vendors do it better. So now, most people will either be using, you'd hope, um, G Suite, Google Mail, yeah. or Office 365 email, and probably wouldn't be using anything else. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's not true, but that's 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 email. And, and email yeah. messages have, what do they have? They have a to field, who they're coming to. They have a from field. They have a CC field, which is the carbon copy, which people it goes to as well. You have a BCC field, which is a blind carbon copy. And actually, in the header of the email, there's all this data, which actually shows every server the email's gone through to get to you. It's, it's fascinating to see that happen. <laughs> Anyway, so anyway, I, dig I digress. Emails are just digress. bits of data which represent a communication between one and more people and one or more people. So, so on an exchange server, let's talk about an exchange server. So an exchange yeah. server, you're saying that would store the emails. 
because yes. it was a server and it stored them and you kept them there. Whereas a lot of the other email applications, just it was a pass through. Yeah, so, so there was no you, storing of it. So that was stored on your local machine. And if if you hear store, if you hear words like pop, post office protocol, or SMTP as your email provider when you're setting it up, that means normally no email is stored on the server. Right. And it's all going to yeah. be stored on an application, be it Outlook or Mail or Mac Mail on your device. Yep. Yeah. You can see them. You can get a web version of what you're doing. You can see them, but no, you can't. No, no, you can only do that if they're stored on the server. If they're right. not stored on the server, webmail doesn't work. Right. <laughs> so. so so, something like Big Pond, for example, is yep. stored, Big Pond Mail, which most internet service providers have their own mail system. They're pretty clunky. Um, they provide webmail, but they have very, very small mailboxes. Yes. So you might get a 30 meg mailbox. So you need to delete things off the server or you can't receive mail. You can't receive it. Mm. So the reason we're talking about this is I did one this week that was on a, a mail migration. A yes. mail migration. And um, it was a lot of manual shifting. And everything was stored on everybody's PCs. And everybody's mailboxes were upwards to 20 to 25 gig. Wow. So, so we had a hell of a time getting that, that data during COVID. So here's here's your biggest here's your biggest issue. Um you've heard of ADSL, right? Yes. What do you think the A stands for? It stands for asynchronous. And asynchronous means in simple terms, because it doesn't really mean this, but what it means in that scenario is that you have faster download speeds than you have upload Uploads. speeds. Yeah. Okay. So when you're trying to migrate a 20 gig mailbox off somebody's mailbox they might have really fast internet at home for downloads which is what most people do when you try and upload it it can take days mm -hmm. and days. yes yes and 20 yes. gigs right. per user is a lot if you think about when we're migrating so if we talk about exchange when people had servers in their offices if all they had was an adsl line into their office and we had to migrate hundreds of gigs of mail off that into the cloud it could take months yes and it did but at least the server was up and running the whole time somebody's pc's not right they no turn they it off, turn it off out, they do all sorts of things it's a nightmare yeah so yeah we've had a tough couple of days doing one of those so i suppose the the it's understanding what go what is going to be the delay so you can communicate with your client so we went through you know i said okay we're going to be Downloading, downloading, we're going to have to do it manually via a PSD file. We're going to get those. Then the only thing I didn't, I totally forgot about was how long it was going to take me. Because of COVID, I couldn't run around and grab their thing. As in the end, we got work permits and we had to go and do that. But, and we put them on hard drives, got them back to the office, gigabit up and gigabit internet. So, away so, we so went. here's something funny. You know, we talk about email migration, but what we're skipping over is it's not just the mail. No, there's... Right, a mailbox can have tasks, calendar entries, um, yep. contacts, yep. notes, stored documents, all sorts of other things you can put in a mailbox, especially if you're using Outlook or something like that. Subfolders and, and photos and yeah, and for some of those things, there's actually no standard. So I talked about SMTP, the standard for for mail. Um, IMAP is a known standard for just folders in your mailbox. There's four or five standards for calendars. 
Um, there's no standard for IPM notes. Um, so there's all these different standards in different systems that do different things. And for example, Zimbra, which is a, a fairly well-known exchangey clone open source email system, has different standards for mail messages, folders, calendars, tasks, notes. They implement it all, but it's all different. So you need different tools to migrate off all those different things. And sometimes you can't do it with what we call full fidelity, which is all of those bits. Sometimes you might only get mail. Yeah. That's it. You've noticed, did you? No, we didn't. <laughs> no, not this, not in this case. But what we found out during this whole process is their email system is their document filing system. Oh, no. So they're using email to store their documents, which means they're not, they're really just having local copies. Mm. It's not backed up, right? Yeah, no, nothing's backed up. And this is wow. like I'm telling you, we've done it for accounting firms, right? We went out through all the accounting firms and we were shocked to say that's mildly. We were shocked with some of the systems out there, weren't we? Yeah. We were like, we had some horrendous experiences. So now you're going out to small business and we and I'm back 10 years ago and we're doing the same and it's and I'm shocked. And when we say, the, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to migrate this client to Office 365, the IT guy goes, I was going to do that. At least you're getting the I was going to do that rather than the, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. I oh, know, no, no you don't get that anymore. That that was what we, that's gone. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was going to do one that. We went to see in the, what a caddick firm, who should remain nameless, we went to see in the city of Melbourne. We finally got to chat to his IT guy and he's, oh, I'm not sure about this cloud thing. Oh, it's not secure, blah, blah, blah. And you look at his, his servers in a cupboard. <laughs> no oh, we got to a point. Yeah, we got to a point that we said, if someone says that I'm not, I don't trust the security of cloud and all that. We just say, okay, well, you know, we're not, we're just not going to win this yep. one. You know, you're going to have to work that out yourself. Yeah. Um, and but it's it's astonishing how many small businesses are still stuck in that mode, and they're running. Business like these are not small businesses, Nick. These are big yeah, businesses. It's multi-million dollar businesses running really, really, really crappy systems, right? Yeah, crappy IT systems. Yep. Like Nick came to my firm, and, and we could talk about my firm. Um, and one of the first things that we had was Nick came and saw me, and he said, "Look, I've put a product called um, Intune on your system, and one of your staff's uh, PCs runs out of RAM every day at." lunchtime and at four o'clock and I said oh who's that so I won't name her and I went and saw her and I said do you is your computer shut down at like lunchtime at four o'clock she says yeah I thought you were doing it I said what do you mean she goes well it gets to 10 to 5 or whatever it was and my computer would go blue screen shut down so I had to turn it off so I thought that was you telling me to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a blue screen error for the first time in 10 years yesterday and I asked the gentleman day before and I said so does this happen often he goes yeah that's okay I just turn it on and turn it off again and it gets going again and it runs for like an hour but that's okay <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and I've gone this computer's we grabbed another computer reprovisioned it got it yesterday he's I said like he's it, 
he's 75, he's retiring in a couple of months. He's going to be probably more productive in the last two months of his whole career than he's been for the last time. He'll be exhausted. He'll be, have to do so much work because he's not getting a rest while he waits for his computer to fire up. Well, I, lo- I love the fact that people will save, you know, five or ten bucks a month to destroy thousands of dollars worth of productivity. Yes. Yeah. And it's uh, anyway. Yeah, we just we just now because um, I've got um, in, in Tribe Tech, I've got Scott's team, um, Jason's team who look after you know, systems and and all of those bits and pieces. Um, we won't go and engage with a customer unless that's being run properly because you just end up spending hours and hours and hours and annoying the customer and losing money and doing all sorts of things unless Make it's it done upset. properly. It's so expensive to do these things. And you can think about it. If that was, okay, it's a small business, but if that was a thousand users where you had to go to each of their homes and grab a local <laughs> mailbox, and it would be crazily expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's go through it. So we've got worst case scenario, they're on a, a product that won't be named, but where there is nothing stored on a server. So let's say and they're using something, saving... something, something like a, a, a VMX or they're using cPanel or something like that that just gives them pop an SMTP. If yep. they're doing that and they have nothing saved on the server, there is no direct server-to-server migration path. My mind in that would be to set them all up on Office 365, move yep. incoming mail to Office 365 and say, there's your new mailbox on Office 365. If you want to copy your old mail, that you still have on your PC, go for your life. Here's some instructions. Yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't. No, we didn't do no. that. So If you go, I'm going to commit to copying it, and it's all these local files, I think you're potentially on a you're, – you're risky because you're going to be blamed. And it's, yeah. the fault is nothing to do. So that, I would say, do that. I For most things – and, in fact, even if you use something like MigrationWiz, um, which is a cracking tool – um, migration with actually supports local PST files. So it will actually send the users an email, get them to log into their portal. It will grab their local mail. It will move it to the cloud. When it's done, it will migrate their mailbox across. And as you said before, that depends on the speed of the internet or where they are. If they're all working from could, home and they're could, on ADSL. Take, and It could take yeah. ages, but that they've got the choice. Then the end user manages the migration because what you what, what a lot of people try and do with these migrations which doesn't happen as much in enterprise is in small business you try and make it really white glove and what i mean mm. by that is the whole concierge service because you know these users couldn't possibly follow a set of instructions and what that does is you end up the white glove service is is if you think of it from a hotel point of view right mm. you have to pay for the, the butler and the waiter and those sorts of things. In IT, people can, and people have got these amazingly smart mobile devices that they install and remove apps all the time and move between phones every two years. And they could do all of that by themselves, yet we feel in this scenario, they need to be handheld. So yeah. I would I would go and get a tool like MigrationWiz supports that, sends them an email, they log into a portal, it does helps them all through it. They can choose. Do I want to migrate my email, yes or no? And in some scenarios, they might not want to. The other thing um then you're done you go you you've, you've created it you've done it in a few days you you can walk away at that stage otherwise you need to educate the customer to know a white glove service will involve a visit to every user well that's a thousand dollars a user when you add it all up you know you've got to get somebody to go there you've got to get somebody to um um 
back up the data onto a removable device. You've got to securely take that to a central location. You've then got to upload it somewhere centrally. You've got to then import it somehow, blah, 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 blah. You would have been far better off spending 50 bucks on a migration wiz license. Yes, yes. And the it's also communicating to the client, this is, it's sort of giving, setting the expectation. Yep. This, you're going to lose email for this period of time. And, oh, no, and it's, no, 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 you don't lose. Oh, no, because you got the cut over. Thing. Yeah, no, what, you don't. No, you, no, what, what, you, what you do is the very first thing, you set up their mailboxes empty on Office 365 and you make yeah. incoming mail go there. That's the first yeah. thing you do. So yeah, you, don't, you haven't lost anything. No, now you've got all their history and you let them decide. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we did. But if you, so try, and, if you try and go, we're not going to cut over until all the historical mail's up there. You're in a hide into nothing. Yeah, you're going there. We did that. So that was okay. So then you go from you get then you get from your next stage, which is an exchange server. Migration Wiz has got the tool. It plugs into it. It sets yep. it all up and runs that whole process for you yes. from start to finish because it's. It I, does, I would say there's, a, a there's. I've mentioned Migration Wiz a couple of times, but there are a couple of other products. There's yes, things yes, like yes. Skykick as well, which do that. And yes. there's there's some migration tools in Office three six five. Um, I would say with all these things, you get what you pay for. Um, yeah. If you're going to use the migration tools in Office 365, be prepared to put in a ton of work. Um, yeah. If you're going to use things like Migration Wiz and Skykick, be prepared to put in less work. Right? It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot more automated, a lot more easy yep. to do because it's all in one location. You can manage it and all of those sort of things. And then you go to Gmail or going between apps, Gmail so, to so Office 365. I would say if you're G Suite, which is the commercial version, of Google, Mail, yeah. you got your own domain and stuff. That migration using a tool is almost, it, it's so quick, it's not funny. I did a customer a few years yeah. ago from Gmail to Office 365, and I did it between 4 and 5 p.m. on a Friday. Like the yeah. whole migration, the whole yeah. the whole lot. It was brilliant. Um, if you're using, I, I had one customer once, it's hilarious. They said, oh, we'd like to keep our email domain. I said, well, what's your email domain? They went, gmail.com. <laughs> Yeah, no, you don't own that, sir. Yeah, that's by Google. Cool. <laughs> and then that 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 comes a that's a one on one. That's not a yeah. That's a one on one. That's not one on one again. We're back to where we were with the yep. BSD file one to one, and then Office three six five to Office three six five. That's fairly seamless, but there's a time lag there, between the domain cutover, some, isn't there? There's some complexity. If you're moving domain A from Office 365, then moving the same domain, you've got to plan. You've got to get an expert to do that. That's a hard process. Don't don't attempt that without at least having all the certs and qualifications in 365. I wouldn't yep. go near that. That's a, called a tenancy migration, and it's got some gnarly bits in it. Um, if you're going to a new domain, that's fine. That's that's yeah. fairly easy to do, but an existing domain is is tough within three six five as it is within Gmail and others. Hmm. Well, uh, so there that's you email go. migration, and we haven't even touched on migrating documents yet. No, no we'll we... do that. We'll do that another week. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, and then we have the same problem with those too. Yes, yeah. uh, only so... it's a bigger problem because there's more yeah. of them, and fidelity is important and versioning. Yeah, we're talking twenty. 20 gig. Well, that, the other thing that happens in, in the process is these systems don't have any retention policies. Yes. So you go into Office 365, it's full of retention policies, archives, all of those sort of things. You've got to be ready for that. These, your, your 
Oh, manage I've got systems, to, I've, do I've, it I'll finish, all. I'll finish this with one one story. This is my favourite email migration story <laughs> ever. Um, and, I know uh, we, the one. <laughs> we, we, we had a customer and um, he, he phoned us up. We migrated him about 90 days before this date and he phoned up our support desk and went, oh, all my information's gone. And I went, what do you mean all your information? It's all gone. He yells angrily down the phone at our support people. Um, and what it turned out was... Um, uh, whenever he wanted to file something, he'd realized that the little delete key on his keyboard put it into deleted items, and he used that as his filing system for everything. And, of course, in the early days, Office 365 had a retention policy. Anything that had been in deleted items for longer than 90 days was removed. Um, and, of course, all his data in there was removed by the system because yeah. he thought it was a really good idea to store his filing system in the deleted items. In the bin. In the bin. That's like saying, <laughs> that's like saying, I'm going to file my stuff in the bin. Yes. Oh my God, somebody emptied it. How dare you mm. empty my bin? That's the exact thing. Yeah. He was very angry about that. Um, we, well, he must we, have we, learned something because I think he's like a mentor in tech for accounting firms now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And round goes go. the wheel. Um, around goes the wheel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. Anyway, that was fun. Mm. He's a guest speaker at many places. Maybe I wonder if he tells that story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must go to one of his speeches and ask a question. So oh. How do you file stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where do you file things? <laughs> all right all right that was brilliant if you do like what you heard please subscribe give us a like we, we like to get those sorts of things um we go out every thursday morning with these so we do um appreciate you listening watching we're on youtube facebook um amazon prime audible.com um apple Pod apple apple itunes wherever you get podcasts or videos uh, come have a look find us subscribe hit the little bell so you get notified when we do things and leave a comment about what you'd like us to chat about and we'll, we'll see if we can um, but we really appreciate you you turning up and, and listening and um all that's left is to say um trev have a good day will do sun is shining maybe a game of golf this afternoon sounds lovely take care everyone Bye -bye. see you later